A good day and welcome to a very special Spider-Man spoiler cast edition of the Omber Gaming Podcast. And don't adjust your sets because it is just me, it's Steve, it's not Manny. I didn't do anything to him, he just suffers from a severe case of arachnophobia, so he couldn't even talk about Spider-Man. But, I'm not alone, I am joined by friend of the show and now recurring guest, I think you might be the first recurring guest, Yes, Jimmy Good. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm doing just fine. Steve, thank you so much for having me, man, I appreciate it. Dude, I'm so glad to have you here as well, just because I've been looking forward to talking about Spider-Man with anyone yes and me too i put in so much time that weekend that it came out i i i'm just i got all these thoughts built up and you can only say so much in review because you don't want to spoil anything so today is the day we're just going to go nuts talking about spider-man but before we get into all that the house is slightly dirty so i'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping Gotta not the usual amount of housekeeping it's not too dirty since you know it was it's been a, a, just a couple of days since we last cleaned um, but as usual, follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Ombra underscore gaming and on Instagram at Ombra gaming. And of course, if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, you can throw us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Ombra gaming. Every single dollar you throw our way will go into the show to make it the absolute best podcast it can be. And we appreciate all of our patrons, especially... This one right here, Nerdiest Brands, who is the sponsor of the Ombre Gaming Podcast. So Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers around the world, no matter the nerdy fandom. So if you'd like some rad nerdy gear, head on over to nerdiestbrands.com. That's N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S brands.com. So go check them out. They got some rad gear. And if you're looking to satisfy that nerdy clothing desire in your life, they're a good spot to go check it out. So... Before we dive into everybody's favorite web slinger, Jimmy, yeah. tell everybody, how have you been? What have you been up to? And of course, where can we find you out on the interwebs? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I'll start with that first. Uh, you can find me. I'm just at JimmyGood013. But if you want to follow my YouTube channel and Twitch, we are Critical Reviews. And you can check us out at GoCritical on Twitter and all that stuff. And on YouTube, Critical Reviews, pretty much the only one who should be called that. Even though it seems like a lot of people just use that in their title, which is kind of unfortunate. <laughs> Someone's like, I've done a critical review of something. I'm like, no, that's mine. But yeah, so if you want to check us out there and if you want to support us eventually, but just go check out a video, you know, hang out with us. But I've been good. I've been kind of busy with a bunch of stuff uh, between just Spider-Man and Dragon Quest XI. It's like Sony was, they looked at my birthday and they're like, hey man, let's just bookend your birthday with these crazy amazing games and you will have no life. And I was just like, yep, okay, that's what I'm going to be doing right now, just living Spider-Man and Dragon Quest. And every time I was playing one, I was like kind of thinking about the other one. It was just like, I just wish I could like separate myself Doctor Strange style and just like, you know, play both at the same time. But yeah, so I've been good. I've been living the dream, as it were. Well, happy belated birthday, and it sounds oh, like you. you got set up to have an absolute blast on your birthday. It's always good when those really fun titles that you've been looking forward to come out around that time, because you don't feel so bad. You're like, you know what? I deserve this. This is my day. I'm just going to do what I want to do, and I'm going to play these awesome games all day. And no one can say anything, because guess what? It's your day. Yep, exactly. And it was nice the night before I, I got to go see Metallica live, which if you're into any type of music or anything like that, it was kind of an interesting show. So it was like a lot of cool stuff right there, right at the beginning of September. Because usually back in the day when I was just a wee lad, uh, my birthday was the Beth or the death knell 
for the summer, it was like, hey, you're going back to school. Happy birthday. And yeah. it was like, oh, <laughs> no. So now it's cool because, like, as an adult, I'm like, man, there are all these cool games coming out, and I'm just going to play this today. Yeah. Yeah, the back half of the year is always filled with games, and I uh, love how September kind of kicks it off yeah. because it's like, you know, exactly what you said. The end of summer, there's that lull is kind of gone. Now people are going to probably go back indoors because it's going to start getting a little bit cooler. So you throw these awesome games at them. And guess what? We eat them up. Yep. Because the past two weekends, I've spent playing Spider-Man and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And let me tell you, I've had two great weekends. Yes. I haven't felt bad about a minute of hanging out with Peter Parker and Lara Croft. And guess what? You can read about both of those games in the reviews I wrote on ombregaming.com. So go on over to that website and check it out. It's a good little site. Check it out. just, Just throwing it out there. So today, we are excited to talk all about Spider-Man, and to give it kind of a rundown, how it's going to go is we're going to start off with just kind of general thoughts about the game. Then we'll move into just kind of talking about the basic story, um, some of our favorite moments, some of the ones that stuck out to us, some of the ones that maybe we didn't like, and then we'll go into the characters. How did we like this portrayal of Peter Parker? What do we think of MJ and Miles Morales? And of course, the villains. We got to talk about the villains and the, mm-hmm. the little surprise villain that showed up. We'll dive right into that before we kind of move on to the conclusion with some final thoughts. And of course, we got to talk about the gameplay. I, I mean, oh man, just yeah. swinging yeah. around as Spider-Man. So, so we'll get into all that. So let's kick it off with Jimmy. Just give us kind of your general thoughts on how you perceive that game. Yeah, so I think for a lot of people, um, and myself included, that the last major Spider-Man game I played was probably Spider-Man 2. Uh, I played a little bit of think of Spider-Man 3, just a smidge way back in the day, and it really feels like a true evolution of this franchise. I feel so much of that kind of heart and soul built into this game as a you know, comparing it to like the web slinging, which I think is something that a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of the make or break point of the game. And that I, I'm so happy to say that I really think it's the best it's ever been. And I look at it. I agree. I look at Insomniac and I thought like at first I was kind of hoping Sucker Punch was going to do this because I was like, oh, they know how to do open world games. I was like, OK, so we got Ratchet and Clank. And, you know, we've got uh, Sunset Overdrive from these guys. So well, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And now, like, mm-hmm. getting into the game, I just, I'm so happy that it is so much fun to play. It's got that insomniac humor built and baked into it as well. Exactly. And a, a pretty oh, good man. story along with it, too. And I will say this, heavily inspired by the Arkham games. But guess what? I feel like Spidey fits in better with this formula of, like, the combat scenarios and the Predator scenarios better than batman in some ways i'm like yeah this this makes more sense like i'm like okay i get it i'm flying across the room it makes more sense with him than batman doing like five backflips across the room like how did you do that batman (laughs) it's like that was incredible but yeah it is just such an easy recommendation and it's so nice to have a game like this where you can be like yes regardless of who you are you will probably enjoy this game exactly and i agree with you on the combat because it does take a ton from the arkham games and you can't blame it because rocksteady really figured out the formula for the combat in these superhero games i always had a blast playing the arkham games and i'm i'm a huge batman fan like i would pick him as my number one superhero over anything but i I said it a couple of times that i think spider-man really surpassed what they've done just for the things you mentioned in terms of the combat it was so fluid and it was so easy to get creative with it with batman you kind of had to remember a lot of the different combos in order to kind of how to trigger them and how to throw your different gadgets in certain scenarios and it wasn't as easy i well i wouldn't say easy but it didn't come as naturally as it did in spider-man because there was a pretty simple formula like you knew you had the web shooter at all times and you could float between gadgets so you could throw out the drones like that was incredible but that fluidity in combat 
at any given moment, you could be bouncing off a wall. Then you could be jumping in the air, pulling a guy up. You could be grabbing a weapon from another guy. You could be webbing up another, uh, uh, you know, a thug and then swinging him around, taking out the other enemies. Or you could take a complete stealth approach. Like, you could really plan. I did love, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the uh, the donkey review of it. But he's like, oh, man, he's like sneaking up on a sable compound. He's like, I got to do this silently. I can't get seen. I got to take out this guard. And he just rips the guard tower down. He's like, all right, no one heard me. Like, it makes so much noise, but no one heard him. (laughs) So, like, obviously, yeah, obviously there's like little quirks you could find in it. But I found the stealth gameplay very satisfying. And as somebody who kind of leans heavily towards the stealth option whenever I'm presented it, I was so happy that they really put an emphasis on, you know what, tackle these missions the way you want to do it because you could always kind of switch up your gameplay. I was doing moves, you know, 30 hours in that I couldn't even fathom would have existed, you know, in the first couple of hours. So I I thought that kind of creativity they threw in, like you mentioned, that story, I thought this was a a great Spider-Man story. I thought it stands alone perfectly. They take good, unique spins on the characters, which, like, we'll talk about this as we move on, but I thought this was a great version of MJ. Huge shout-out to Laura Bailey. She delivers another stunning performance. She's one of of easily the best voice actresses out there. Um, So, again, she delivers hand over fist in this game. And then Miles Morales, he comes in, he plays a nice little touch, and um, it, it almost serves as like a little appetizer for things to come with those two, which yeah. I, I thought was nice. But I thought that overall that this is one of those games, and I find myself saying this a lot when it comes to PS4, it's one of those games you have to get your hands on a PlayStation to experience. Like yeah. they keep, they can take all the heat they want for the crossplay, and deservedly so. Like they got to get their act together with that, but. If they keep churning out these stellar, unique experiences only on the PlayStation, it's hard to argue not getting your hands on one to experience this because just this year alone, we've had some fantastic games to play through. And this is another one. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I think of like, you know, I look at Microsoft and all these other companies who probably thought for a little while that like single player games are dead. But then you have like (laughs) Sony doing this and Nintendo with Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey and all this stuff. It's like they're selling like hotcakes. All I'm hoping is that there's just a way that the next superhero games, like the Avengers stuff, I hope Mm -hmm. if it's as good as this, like the quality is at that level, that it can be disseminated, that everybody can get the chance. Because like, like, I think a lot of people who just have an Xbox or just have a Switch maybe look at this and say, man, I wish I could play this so badly because you want that thing. You want, this is like... And God of War kind of started this off this year, but I just keep thinking, I have this little thing in my head that's like Kratos was about to grab that Game of the Year award, and there's just, you hear a thwip, and then there's like a web that hits the trophy, and it goes away, and there's Spidey holding it, he's like, sorry, big guy, this is for me. And it's just like, you look at this game, and you're like, wow, this is a console seller for some people. I don't really think so. And I I actually love that image. We gotta like put that video together. It was like a trailer for the Game of the Year awards. (laughs) I was like, hey, Insomniac, we we just tossed this together. I don't know. If you you like it, you know, whatever. Exactly. Throw, throw us. us a bucket too on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree wholeheartedly that I think this game, for me, it just slides into that one-two spot with God of War for Game of the Year. I, I honestly don't know at this point which one I'd go towards. I, I still think I'd lean a little bit towards God of War only because the uniqueness of that just solo shot camera that never cuts and I loved that story. I thought, because I was a big God of War fan before the, the reboot, so to speak, and when this came out, the way they just changed Kratos' character for the better in so many ways, and the addition of Atreus, because I was skeptical about that, I didn't know how that was going to play, and by, you know, halfway through the game, I was like, I can't picture, you know, Kratos without Atreus anymore, like, sure, yeah. I, I don't even know if I can go back to the old God of War games, 
so I think I still lean that way, but it's going to be tough because I, I'm going to play through Spider-Man again. I'm going to play the DLC when it comes out in October, and I know they announced uh, three total DLCs. When New Game Plus comes out, I'm definitely firing it up again. Yeah, me too, um, I know, because that's actually, I'm going to fire up a, another save file this week to start doing as just like my stream game. Because it's just so fun. Like, yeah, you can get thing. lost, like, just swinging around and doing all the side missions. Because I'm very much, and I've said this numerous times, that I'm very much that checklist open world gamer. I love those games. Like, the Far Cry games, Wildlands. Like, Ubisoft throws out those games and I eat them up just because, like, me and Manny talk about this a lot. Because it's a satisfying thing. Like, you know what you have to do and there's always something to do. And that's how Spider-Man felt. Like, I never felt... Like, oh man, these missions are just a chore now. Sure, it would kind of get slightly repetitive, just beating up thugs over and over again. But I did love how they kind of changed up the prisoner missions or like just the, um, you know, the, the in-town crime missions that you'd stumble upon. You At one minute, you'd be chasing down a car. The next minute, you'd be busting down a compound. Then you'd be stopping a burglary. So at yeah. least they kind of had this rotating deck of different missions you could do to keep things fresh, which I thought was a very nice touch. Yeah, oh, definitely. And that's the thing is like, you really hit it really well here. Because when I I always tell people that when I look at a video game, it's like 30% video, 70% game. And this Mm -hmm. is like 80% game, like it feels so good. And it's so much fun to go back to. I never really feel like anything I'm doing is too much of a chore. Like at the end of the game, there's kind of like you have to go stop like a certain number of crimes in each district, which can be a little tedious, but it's still just fun to swing around. Like that was one problem I have with some other single player games, God of War included, is that like I like the gameplay to an extent, but this one is just so much like jump in, jump off a building, you're already swinging. Like you're already Mm -hmm. doing the best thing that the game has to offer within like three seconds of booting it up. You're like, yeah, Yeah. that's why it's so much fun. And that's why we want to go back and play it again. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll play this again. It's not a super long campaign and I just love playing in this world it's like super duper fun i'm like all i want to do is swing around exactly and that's kind of why i saved a lot of those just like the the crime missions because i ended up i platinum the game and i saved those ones for last because i was like you know what when all said and done, it's going to be fun just swinging through New York, waiting for these things to pop up so I can go bust them up. Yeah, and it sure. was like that was a perfect last task that I had to do to finish off that 100 percent completion. And like that was the thing is like once I was done, I was like, you know, I'm going to miss this, but I need to take a little break. But I know when I pick it up tomorrow night, I'm going to just fall right back in love with it. Because one of the things that like I've said numerous times is that I love this open world aspect where there's constant side missions available and one of the things insomniac does so well is they don't overwhelm you at any given moment they gradually release these different available activities and it basically kind of determines how far you make it in the main story so like once you get to certain main story missions certain side missions open up and the first two that really get going are um, the backpacks and the landmarks and of course the natural open world environment little teaser is you got to stop all of the towers from blocking your map. So just like every other open world game we played, but so like I found myself as usual, I go and, you know, hack all the towers. So I open up my map, but I went and did the backpacks and landmarks immediately. Like, I think I did two main missions before I just went and did all of those things. Oh, nice. (laughs) I kind of like tried to parcel them out a little bit because I really enjoyed the backpacks because they gave you something more than most of these collectibles do in these collectibles. And there's like 55 backpacks, which seems like a lot, but they go pretty quickly and kind of going through and just like, you know, Spider-Man has been Spider-Man for eight years up to this point, I believe. And going and like grabbing these old backpacks and being like, oh, this is like an old, you know, plate from Shocker back in the day. And I learned how to upgrade, but they, he upgraded too. And it was just like, 
that's meaningful, and you can look at these things. And yeah. You can spin them around like a 3D model of what, or like a, a ticket stub of a game that he went to with um, Uncle Ben once, and it's just like, oh my gosh, like that, it means so much more because he says this little blip about it, and you're like, that was more meaningful than like, you collected a feather or you collected a flag. Good job. And it was like, uh, okay, great. Like, there's there's so much more to it contextually. Exactly. Like, you felt compelled to hunt down every backpack because it was, they were actually doing such a great job of building that world around Peter Parker. Like, this is their Spider-Man universe. And, uh, you know, what you pick up from it is, of course, those little tidbits about his family. But you realize this is a Spider-Man who's been doing it for a while. He's learned from failures. Like, he, he's gone through some tough times with this whole friendly neighborhood Spider-Man gig. And you understand, like, why he is the way he is in this game. So, like, you understand when he's trying to put away these bad guys and, like, why he's trying to hunt down Wilson Fisk, which was a phenomenal entry mission. Yep. It's just like, oh, you're firing up the game. Guess what? Time to go take out Kingpin. That's your first mission. Yeah, uh, and that just makes me double down on the want to have Vincent D'Onofrio from Daredevil, who plays Kingpin, to be in these Spider-Man movies, because he's talked about it, and he's like, hey, if they really wanted me, I'd definitely be in it, because I would love to just see this big, bald jerk who's really strong, and, like, they make him even stronger, I think, than normal in this game, because, like, he withstands some stuff where you're like, no, 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 he's not a normal person, like, (laughs) which is great, (laughs) because there's, like, these moments where he's fighting in the beginning, he destroyed me the first few times, I was not prepared to fight Kingpin, I was like, and that was not just, like, the normal difficulty, it's like, okay, this is different, because the counter in this game is not a counter, it's dodge, so instead, in Batman, like, the Arkham games, you hit that counter button, and you're automatically, like, you're dodging, but then you're attacking immediately, Spidey just jumps out of the way, like, that's all he does. He's not like, oh, I jump and then I kick. It's like, you have to be like, yep, now it's time to kick or now it's time to web or or whatever <laughs> else. So learning to get through that first bit, while it was so cool, it was also like mildly frustrating at first because like, Kingpin's pretty tough. I'm like, he's the first boss. Holy crap. But then once you learn the combat, you're like, okay, okay, now I got this. Now you feel amazing. Exactly. Because then what I realized right away is you start getting into the flow of like using your web shooter while trying to dodge and then starting combat. So like that's when you start getting those little kind of inclinations that, all right, this is going to be a full like arsenal game. Like I need to figure out all the different ways I can move around Spider-Man, all the different attacks I can do and what's going to benefit me the most in, in my fighting style. And I loved how the, like, that's the prologue. It's like, hey, we're throwing you right to the fire. You're taking out Kingpin. You're putting away the biggest mob boss in the city just to get going. Like, this is just the appetizer to the game. And it sets everything up perfectly. You realize how fast the combat is. And like you said, it took me a minute to get used to the fact that it wasn't counter anymore. It is just dodge. Now, eventually, we'll talk more about, like, the rank-up system and everything like that. But eventually, you do rank up to, like, perfect dodges lead to kind of counter moves, which is yeah. cool. But it, there's a learning curve there. Because yeah, sure. in Batman, if you hit triangle, he, you know, Batman hits him, and then he's got a clean shot for him. And usually, you can end up doing, like, takedowns. In this, it's just keep pounding circle like you gotta hit circle as much as you can if you're not throwing fists or webs or jumping and swinging around you gotta be hitting circle because if you stand still they're gonna get you and i love that the combat wasn't just yep it's just gonna be square square triangle you know beat them up there was strategy to this combat they really took the best of what arkham had to offer and then put a lot more strategy into it as well as a little bit more of a challenge because spider-man he doesn't have all the armor that batman does so like inherently batman usually takes more pain so the game kind of leans in that direction i feel like if you take a few shots as spider-man you go down 
and uh, there's a, a focus bar. That's pretty much what fills up and eventually will unlock takedowns and cool things like that for Spider-Man. It's very similar to what we saw in Batman. But you can also use the focus bar to heal yourself. So you're always kind of watching that because if all of a sudden a couple of shots go and you didn't even realize it, now you're blinking red, you're almost dead, one more shot, that's it. So you have to kind of pay attention. Like, you're always trying to heal, you're always trying to dodge. So I never, once the, the, the shit hit the fan, so to speak... I never would look away during combat. Like, my eyes were peeled. Just, like, I couldn't stop just making sure I was going in the right direction. But that Wilson Fisk mission, you basically start off, you take him down, and that's what kicks off the game. And he kind of warns you. He's just like, you're going to see. The city's going to go to hell without me here. And that's exactly what starts to happen. So how did you kind of, like, how that story progressed? And at the very beginning, you realize who Peter's been hanging out with and spending his time on the job with. And it's everybody's favorite doctor, Dr. Octavius. Yeah, so uh, at the beginning there with with Wilson, or Willie, as um, Spidey likes to call him, uh, <laughs> I just, I really love that in the beginning, you're already trying to take this guy down that you've been trying to take down for so long. And there's even, I think you pick up something later, or you see some brass knuckles later or something, and he comments on, he's like, well, man, the first time I fought, you know, um, Kingpin, he beat the hell out of me with this. And I just, yeah. I'm like, I think about that. I'm like, I wonder what that would have been like, or if they ever considered starting off with Spider-Man in high school. But they're like, nope, this is post-college Spider-Man. So there's already this really fun story here. And there's already this banter back and forth between them. Like, I've been trying to take you down for years and I'm not missing this. And the fact yeah. that you're already establishing this connection with Yuri Watanabe, the like the police chief, which is really this kind of Jim Gordon Batman thing, which they do make jokes about kind of, but I love that he's yeah. got this contact with her and he's kind of <laughs> like, Spider Cop. Yeah, Spider Cop. Uh, <laughs> but he's just kind of talking to her and he's like, you know what, I'm going to help you take him down. And the moment that he goes away, and you start to see the city kind of crumble. You've kind of probably seen this in other things too, where you have like this necessary evil that goes away and they're like, you have no idea what I've been trying to stop. And then like all this starts mm -hmm. to happen. But when we got to Doc Ock uh, right away, I was like, oh my gosh, like my Spider-Man 2 vibes were getting kicked up to 11. And I was like, yeah. yes. And I was thinking, you know what? They might not do anything like super crazy. It's the first game, you know, like they'll just kind of lead up to it slowly. And they didn't do that. Um, and I kind of feel like in a weird way, they rushed him a little bit at the end because you start to find out more about him, you know, later on. And you're like, oh, this yes. makes more sense. But for me, maybe it's because I didn't play, you know, it the right way where I played too many side missions in between. But it just seemed like he just went from like, oh, I'm kind of the good doctor to like, <laughs> let's go. Like, let's be crazy. And I was just like, whoa. And really, unfortunately, and I know that this is kind of like maybe what they wanted they don't really advertise him in this game like at all like really exactly. much at all and that's too bad because honestly he's the main villain because the main villain mr negative honestly kind of sucks i think he's just really boring for me personally comparatively to doc ock because you're like man mm -hmm. like peter's helping make his own villains now you're like that's so much better than this other guy who's like I'm evil sometimes. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, come on, like energy blast. So I'm like, how many Spider-Man villains have energy blasts? Let's just back it up a bit. But like when the arms start coming out and you start to see that evolution of their friendship too, which is always one of my favorite things about Spider-Man villains going back to Norman, which I kind of mm -hmm. wish they would have played on more, but like this kind of father son relationship where it's like, oh, Peter is one of the smartest and strongest people in the whole like world right now. And he sees Otto as his better 
And it's just like this crippling moment of just being like, oh my gosh, I want to help him, but how can I? And oh, it was so good. It was like, that was the breadcrumb trail that like kept me going through that storyline just so quickly. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's next? What's next? Like, show me what's next. So that was uh, a real treat to find out that he was in the game. See, that's right when I knew I was like, all right, I know he's going to be the villain that shows up, that showed up in the E3 trailer. Okay. Yes. I looked that up and they changed it. I swear they changed it. In the scene, he just goes, it's you. But in the game, he goes, Dr. Octavius. Yep. So I was hoping because back when that trailer came out, I wrote an article and I was talking about how I was going out on a limb here and I was saying who shows up is Harry Osborn as the Green Goblin. And how they kept mentioning Harry and they're like, we haven't heard from him in so long. I felt like there was a little yep. like of a, like building blocks because I could see Harry like trying to stick it to Norman for doing whatever he was doing to Harry and like showing up as the Green Goblin to basically ruin Norman's chances of being mayor and like ruining, it, ruining his legacy. And so I was always holding out hope for that. And But as soon as I saw doc ock walk in on peter with spider-man suit i was like that's it i was like this is he's the guy and like i wrote in my notes because i was writing notes when i was playing the game so i could go back and review before i wrote and one of my notes was hold on the peter and otto relationship is fun to watch there seems to be seeds placed that otto is the eventual leader of the centers of six but i feel like the plants have been too obvious for that i'm hoping if he becomes a villain it isn't until a sequel as i'm holding out hope harry as goblin is the reveal so <laughs> dude i agree i agree well like i said i went back and watched that e3 thing and besides the whole it's you thing there's like some light and it almost sounds like a jetpack or something so i thought mm-hmm. okay maybe they're gonna change it up He's not going to be the master planner and they're going to have Green Goblin. And maybe I didn't know if it was going to be Harry or if it was going to be Norman. I kept thinking, okay, so how does Norman like or is the Green Goblin like justify trying to ruin Norman? Is this like his cover? Because he's like working with Mr. Negative who hates Norman. And if he knew he wouldn't work with him. I was like, Mm -hmm. hmm. So there's a lot of questions. I was like, okay. But it makes more sense that he is the, the rightful leader of the, the Sinister Six. Yeah, and that's why I was really holding out hope Hope it was Harry, because I thought that'd be a cool twist, because, I mean, yeah, we got to see James Franco as the Green Goblin in Spider-Man 3, even though Spider-Man 3 just probably shouldn't be talked about <laughs> in, you know, public settings. But I thought it would have been a cool spin, because you don't get to see it too often. I think if it's done right, you can have a real cool rivalry with, like, Peter and Harry Osborn. I think that's something that can really be explored. I wasn't upset when it was Doc Ock as the reveal, because I, I've said it in the in the review that while there is some obvious foreshadowing, like they they lack subtlety. They basically tell you what's going to happen. Like once you play the first couple of scenes, you're like, all right, yeah. Clearly, like when you are walking around Doc Ock's lab and you see the whiteboard, and it's like, oh, you're doing work at the raft. Yeah, where I all the at that. all the yep. bad guys are. Yep. And he's just like, yeah, I got a contract with them. I was like, yeah, this dude is totally gonna break them all out of the raft. <laughs> I was like looking at it, I was like thinking, okay, maybe this is just a hint for the raft. So like saying, hey, later on, you're probably going to go here. But then, you know, eventually when they show it, it's like, oh, actually, he was going to break everybody out. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And so like, while it wasn't subtle, narratively, it all made sense. Like, yeah. I totally related to why Doc Ock wanted to take down Norman. I totally related to, even though Mr. Negative, like you said, he's not the, the most compelling villain. And I'm very happy he wasn't the main one. Yeah. I do like how they kind of made the Sinister Six a group and they made Doc Ock the leader because I think we'll talk about more in a, in a minute, Doc Ock and Peter's relationship throughout the game. But 
Doc Ock was the perfect main villain for this first installment, just narratively speaking. They've, they made it work. So while we can easily say it would have been cool to see it built up over time and like have a big reveal in another game, this one, while it could have felt slightly rushed, it worked for the story they were trying to tell. And I think that speaks volumes for kind of how that whole game is going to be received. Because while you could kind of predict what was going to happen... At the end of the day, you're like, you know, I totally understand why Mr. Negative did things, did the things he did. I understand why Doc Ock felt the way he felt. And then you can also side with Peter and just be like, man, this dude has lost, like, so much. Yeah. And especially at the end, which... We'll just say it. Let's just get out of the way. Sure. Just, just rest in peace, Aunt Uncle May. Ben. That was, oh, sorry, that Uncle too. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too, but... Yeah. No, Aunt May. Oh, man. When, when the flat line hit, I, I, I welled up. I'm not gonna lie to you, people. That it was a, it was an emotional moment. She was just I loved Aunt May in this game. Yeah, I liked she was too. so sweet. Yeah, I was a little bit shocked, you know, because at first I was thinking, okay, you know, you've got her in this game, and she's gonna be that kind of constant reminder, that kind of Uncle Ben placeholder of being like, yeah, you know what, Peter, you got to do the right things as much as you possibly can. And I thought it was kind of bold to be like, you know what, our narrative moving forward is not gonna have either of them. He's just gonna have mm-hmm. to deal with it on his own, and he's gonna have to make a choice here at the end to save her. Or save a whole bunch of people. And I was thinking, man, that'd be a really tough choice. I'm trying to think of, like, with me and, like, my mom. If, you know, because she's basically like, that's a Peter. I was like, ooh, that'd be a very difficult choice for me. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I'd be the same hero of Peter. I'd be like, well, we saved one. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, sorry, everybody else. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a bold move. But I did like her portrayal in this game. And she was a little bit, you know, she kind of had that similar feature to, like, the Raimi trilogy a little. But she was, you know, yes. kind of like... Her own woman, like, she didn't really... She was just kind of, like, heading up Feast. And I appreciated that she wasn't just, like, doddering around at home. Like, she was a completely yeah, different exactly. version, kind of, of Aunt May that we've gotten in a while. Yeah, because she was basically running that entire center. Yep. And it's almost like you can make the arguments, like, she was a real superhero just like Peter. Yeah. And, oh, man, that moment at the end when she was just, like... When she basically tells him she knows he's been Spider-Man, like, oh my god, that was just so well done. Yep, I love it too, because it's like, she would have had to have known, she's like, I've known for a while now, it's like, yeah. it makes so much sense, because when he's like, whipping over to Feast or whatever, and he's like, I'm on my way, and he's always yelling, and there's probably like, lots of wind, and she's probably just like, yeah man, I know, I know man, come yeah, it's on like, now. like, there's no way you made it over here in time. Yeah, like, you're always not a roof access or something, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, it's like I've seen. It's like you leave your bag upstairs. Like I've seen the Spider-Man costume just right outside the door. Yeah, like, exactly. you don't hide it. Did you notice that? Like he doesn't hide it. Yeah, he just puts, <laughs> he just it, puts it in a puts duffel in a bag. bag. He's like, here you go. It's right here. Yeah, don't no worry one, about it. no one will come upstairs. No one ever comes up here. We're fine. We're yeah, fine. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but that, that was, was a, a great choice. moment. And um, I thought it played perfectly into kind of Peter's arc throughout the story, where you know, because Doctor Octavius is a huge mentor for him. Ben was a huge mentor for him. Aunt May was a huge mentor for him. And now he loses all those and the tables have turned where he's formed this team where him and MJ are total partners. And as we'll discuss the story more, we'll talk more about that. And then he becomes now a mentor for Miles. Like that little post-credit scene, good for Marvel for keeping up with the post-credit scene in their video games. Yep, Big fan of that. So then you see uh, what happens to Miles. But let's talk more about Peter and Doc Ock's relationship throughout the game because that's really kind of the heart of that story. And I don't think the the real protagonist-antagonist works if you don't have their relationship the way they portray it. Because like you said, uh, Mr. Negative, not the most compelling. So yeah, if he's no. the main villain, I don't think this game is perceived as well. However, Peter and Doc Ock 
those two go together so well, and uh, I loved uh, just like their whole portrayal throughout this story. So, what did you think of how they were shown? Yeah, uh, and just bouncing off Mr. Negative for just a second, I remember in their marketing, they are always talking about like, oh, this guy, he is compelling because he works, he runs Feast, and you know, yeah. he's the he's the guy behind all this. He's a good guy, but he's also a bad guy. And I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm so bored. But then Doc Ock comes along, just kind of scampers up. Thank goodness. I think the only way that they could have made it any more compelling is if you know at the time when their funding gets pulled if peter would have had to take a job of an oscorp and he had to yeah. work for norman that would have been so great because like otto would have been hurt and betrayed and they could either played in that or he could have been like peter you can help us you can still get stuff from norman because he doesn't need it it's not going to affect him take some of his stuff and bring it back to me like there would have been this cool like doc i can't i can't be a bad guy for you and he's like you don't know who yeah. norman really is and it's like that could have really precipitated that hate and mistrust even more but the way they did it was still really good and it was the heart and soul of this game i think that's something unfortunately that not a lot of people have gotten a chance to talk about beforehand but that right. their relationship is the relationship in this game like i really think it's the one that kind of precipitates so much of the chaos and so much of the great moments is like these two intelligent beings coming together but on opposing sides it's like so good so good the the build-up was perfect because the the culmination of act two and then the entirety of act three that was just just a whirlwind like i i just couldn't put the controller down because i was like i need to find out what happens next like where is this going how is this going to end um but i agree with you in the sense that those two were just brought together and they had the same vision, which was genuinely helping people. And that was one of the beautiful things is because we've seen it time and time again with comics and we're going to keep seeing it. It's just how comics work where you have this person who's genuinely trying to do good and then something goes wrong in their life and they go down the wayside. But the way this one was done, you had Dr. Octavius who's genuinely trying to make it so people who are like amputees or people who have lost you know, control of their limbs due to various disabilities. He's trying to give them a completely better life. It's to the point where he's trying to make it so you can do things that you couldn't even do when you had full functionality. And then you find out there's an underlying theme. It's because he's about to lose, he, you know, he's about to lose functionality in his own arms. So he's been trying to do this because selfishly, he's trying to make sure he has a way to be able to do everything he wants to do. And so I loved how there was that little bit of like, almost like a teaser. It's just like, all right. So it's not just he's mad with power. Like he's trying to do this because this genuinely affects him day to day. Like every single day he wakes up, he's now losing the functionality in his arm. So I love the, the theme of how the mind was so much more powerful than the human body. Yeah. To be unleashed. Yeah. Because obviously that's one of the huge thing is like Dr. Octavius loses his control when he gets that first taste of power. It happened in the movie because I, I like Spider-Man 2 was a fantastic movie. I don't think it gets enough love, frankly, because for some reason, like the whole Tobey Maguire franchise gets like looked down upon. It's like just the third one wasn't good, guys. Like yeah, the other two were good. <laughs> there are issues in some of the things, but it's like, come on, guys. Like there's some really good stuff in there, especially it's very campy. Just remember going with yeah. that thought, too. It's like, yeah, there's going to be Sam some one letters. Yeah, baby. It's like yeah. you're watching a live comic book. Just remember that exactly, <laughs> and and they paid uh they paid homage to the train scene where he's trying to hold the yes. train back. I loved that. He's, he's like, oh, that worked last time. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> I was like, wait a sec, is this supposed <laughs> to be the? No, it's different. It's different, but still, it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so perfect, but that the relationship between the two of them because that the, that whole concept of the mind is so powerful, and you can if you can unlock the full capabilities of the mind, there's nothing that you can't do, and so you can see that right away. You're like, all right. 
he's going to have a breakthrough. This guy's going to figure it out. But guess what's going to happen? He's not going to have the science right. Because I love those little side games that you do yes, in the lab where it's you. like Peter's science homework. But you can see it's just like, Doc Ock, keep screwing up. Yeah, <laughs> like I keep having to fix these things. I love that because he's like, hey, Peter, would you double check my work? Like, I think, yeah, he is screwing that up. But he's also intelligent enough to say, you know what? I'm not sure about this. Can you double check this? The I'm there's too much power going out to this thing, or there's not enough power, mm-hmm. or can you figure out this specific element for me? And I just really enjoyed doing that. I know they're kind of like stupid little mini games, but I really got into them because it reminds me of old Ratchet and Clank mini games. So it's like, right. yes, I dig this. And getting it just to work like on the first time, and I would always like brush my hand in front of my face across the screen, so like the little green chip would be like would light up with power. So every time I'd be like whoop. And it would do that. And it was just, I was like, yeah, I'm so good. I'm, I'm Peter Parker. I'm so smart. And I was like, I love their relationship. It's just so good. It's There's so many layers to it. And I just, oh, man, I just wish we could have gotten more fights with Doc. Because I think oh, I know. they could go, like, the last third of this game is, like, incredible. And I really wish there could have been more of that and more of these villains throughout because... It feels so sad when you look at it, you're like, oh, these are, you know, it's mostly Mr. Negative. And there's some other ones here and there, kind of, but not to the extent, like, Doc Ock, when you're fighting him and you're webbing up his arms, you're like, this looks so cool. Like, I wish I could have oh fought him God, multiple times, because so they could have done it. Insomniac would have done something nuts with it. They would have been like, yep, guess what, you're back on top of a subway train, and you're going around or doing something crazy like that. In our New York, that's how this works. You'd be like, okay, Yeah, cool. and then they were battling on the side of a building, like, oh, oh my God. It, like, that was one of my favorite cinematic mix of fighting scenes that I've ever seen, because it reminded me a lot of, and we talk about Metal Gear Solid all the time, but Metal Gear Solid 4's final fight scene, where it's, it is a fight scene, you have to make sure you're doing things correctly, but it's also very cinematic at the same time. Yeah. And that was how this was, and I thought it was perfectly done like you could feel the emotion like spewing out of the the performances yes and it was so stunning i love the suit that he throws on at the end i was like, not ready for that i was oh. like what the heck is this and then taking the hit to make the play i just like spidey's just like you know what i'm gonna take this hit from this thing and i'm gonna win but it's gonna suck and it's like uh <laughs> you're God, doing it. it was so so well done that that whole fight scene but their whole relationship was just spot on it was what you needed from that protagonist antagonist like you needed that from a standpoint of excitement because i wasn't excited really about mr negative i was giving him a chance just because i love spider-man and i i I saw the gameplay of this and i was like there's no way this game will be bad i don't care who the villain is so i was looking at it at the sense of like all right you know, I don't know anything about Mr. Negative, so maybe he'll be cool. Like, maybe it'll be cool. I understand there's other villains in there, so that'll be fun as well. And then when we saw the E3 trailer, that's when my hype just peaked, and I was like, all right. Everybody kind of figured out it was either going to be Green Goblin or Doc Ock, and then some people thought it was going to be Mysterio. Mysterio. Yeah, I know a lot of people like Mysterio. Yeah, a lot of people thought it would be Mysterio um, just because he might be... I, well, you know, he is the villain in the next Spider-Man movie. So people thought, like, oh, maybe they're going to try to do that, but... I think everybody kind of figured out it was either going to be Green Goblin or Doc Ock. And I wasn't going to be upset with either one. So once I knew there was just an additional little level uh, level that we had to look forward to, that's when I was like, all right, this game's going to be fantastic. Like, there's no way this game will be bad. And I it lived up to every expectation I had of it. And uh, that main story between Doc Ock and Spider-Man was one of the main reasons, just because that the battle meant something at the end. They had this personal relationship. And like you said, when they're in the lab together... It's so much fun. Like I loved doing those side missions as well because they felt like throwaway in a way, but they also add to the story because that's when you start to see it's like, okay, he does make mistakes and if he's doing these things where he's making, you know, these arm attachments that inject directly into your brain, 
something could go terribly wrong. And then when you're fixing those missions and you're like, oh my God, like he's really screwed up then. And you're like, he's lost. Like, this is it. Like this guy knows that he's not going to be the same and we've lost him to Dr. Octopus. And then when you go back and you listen to all the tape recorders, by the way, Octavius loves tape recorders. Yeah, he totally does. He just loves them. Loves them so much. He loves <laughs> just, laying them around. He's like, he watched, use them. <laughs> he played uh, Bioshock back in the day and he was like, I should do this. <laughs> He's was like, like, this is perfect. Who do doesn't kindly. love a thousand tape recorders around the office? Yeah. <laughs> but they get real dark. Yeah, real <laughs> once, quick. Once he makes the turn, you're like, oh God, this guy. He's lost. And that's when you can see the real change in his personality, which I, they did perfectly. Like now he's become just fully focused on taking out Norman Osborn, no matter the cost. He's willing to basically kill Peter Parker. He's willing to throw away a, a real relationship he had with someone where they were both trying to do the absolute best for other people. And now he's done a complete 180, but it felt earned. It felt like it was building to that and it didn't feel like they just threw it at you like, oh, he's bad now. Like everything he did had a reason and the writing team in Insomniac deserves all the credit because they really created uh, this perfect standalone story and a relationship that we haven't seen on any type of big screen format, I guess you could say with Peter and Doc Ock. So that was really a refreshing take on uh, their relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I hate to keep going back to this, but I would say if it does come down to this in your goatee talks, I think the thing that this game does is it teases the future, but also delivers on the present. Whereas mm-hmm. in God of War, it was a lot like, oh, that Balder fight was sick. I, I can't wait for these other fights. They do the other ones, and then you're like, okay, am I going to fight like anybody crazy at the end? It's like, no, no, no. Maybe eventually. Like, this game, it was like, I didn't even know Doc Ock was going to be the guy. And then he showed up, and I was like, am I going to fight him? And then when it started, I was like, oh my, like, the payoff is so big, just in this game alone. Like, there's exactly. still the hints towards the future, but it's like, nope, you get your payoff, and you get it right now. And you can see the look of relief on these guys' faces, the guys behind Insomniac, when they're like, yep, we've had all these zones for a long time, but we couldn't really talk about them. And it's like, we here's like like five more you didn't know that were coming, or six more, or seven more. It's just like, oh my gosh, guys, we didn't we didn't know about any of these guys. It was like, is it just going to be Mr. Negative? It's like, no, 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 no. It's the Sinister Six. Yeah, all that, <laughs> and then like all the other side villains too. You're like, oh, okay, I did not know like some of these guys were going to be in here. And then when you get to fight them, you're like, oh, this is really well done. Good job, guys. You killed I know. it. Oh, yeah. Taskmaster was awesome. So doing those tasks was... was really one of the more challenging ways i had oh to get gosh. the um the yeah platinum. the drones yeah because you got to get enough challenge tokens so you can unlock all the suits and i got to this point where i had at least two um like two tokens or whatever on every single challenge one and some of them to get three were a real a real chore and so i needed to get i think five more so i needed to do two more of those things and one of them i was doing just a combat one and like the max I needed to get was sixty five thousand. Yeah, I think I got sucks. like sixty four thousand eight hundred and eighty, and I was like, "You gotta be kidding!" Me. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> Come on, I almost just like quit, but I was like, "You know what? I got it. I'll figure it out. It should be quicker." And the next time I got it, but it was a lot of fun to kind of play through those different, um, like the the drone challenge was kind of cool. Like honestly, it helped me learn how to navigate, like moving through the city, so much better, which I thought was a cool little little perk because yeah that you were getting them so you could unlock tokens so you could upgrade your gear unlock better suits cool things like that but playing through those and trying to get a better score really helped me figure out better ways i was like honestly it just helped me figure out more efficient ways to control spider-man because a lot of times i was like oh man i could have been doing this the whole time and i'd be doing so much better i'd be getting places so much quicker 
Uh, but then the combat missions, those combat challenges really stuck out to me because I learned some awesome combat moves and just, I was able to string together some outrageous combos just because it forces you to figure out how to get really high scores. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, did you end up three starring all of them? Not yet. That'll okay. be, that'll be something I'll try. Um, cause honestly, some of, what was it? It's honestly the, uh, the drone ones are the toughest. Yep. Like those They're are really the rough. toughest ones for me. Uh, so basically I wouldn't stop until I got a three star. So some of those ones I would just keep doing again and again. And my biggest advice to anybody who might be listening to this is that use your perch. Uh, so it's your L2 and R2 when you're, like, looking where a drone, like, it'll drop, like, these little blue spheres you have to jump to. Use that a lot and then hit X right when you hit it because you'll, like, go into the sphere that you need to hit and then you can just jump off that. Use that so much because it is much faster and more accurate than swinging around and then kind of falling to where you need to go. Like, throw yourself at these things because that's the only way you're ever going to do this, like, in enough time because it's just, like, so aggravating to finish it. And then you look at the score and it'll be like, all right, for the drone ones, it's like time and how many did you get? And it's like, okay, which one can I do better at? And usually time is the thing. Even in the combat challenges, I screwed up a bunch of times the other day on one and I still got three stars because I was just running through it. I got hit a few times and I was like, all right, it's about time. You got to do the time thing. So be quick. Exactly. Be quick. (laughs) So that's Spidey. Uh, But yeah, the Taskmaster stuff and... Basically, I think Insomniac has been following me. Um, they've been stalking me because they said, all right, all right, Jim, so you like uh, Mr. Freeze from Arkham City? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you like you like, uh, you like that Deathstroke too, huh, buddy? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And they're like, what if we told you we, we combined both of them and it's like an optional thing for you to do? And I'm like, oh, you just made it sound, you said optional, but mandatory was the word sounds, that you were looking for. Sounds like for. I got to do it. Because that fight, uh, you, you do fight him, I believe, twice. Yeah, uh, and that's a lot of fun. And did you do you get to unlock the second time? Did you fight him a second time yet? Oh yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. so you can do that. Before. I got to him. Okay, gotcha. Nice. So you yeah can still you because I forget what happened. Like yeah, like I didn't have to three star everything, but there's a certain point once you I think once you just get tokens on all of them, then that's he comes out a second is. time. So he came out, but that yeah that second fight was awesome because he just mirrors everything you do. <laughs> yep, he destroyed me, and then I, he's like, "You got to do another challenge." I was trying to look up what you have to do. So basically, you just go back to any challenge, do it once, even if it's like you get a one token, he'll still fight you again. But that second time, I was like, "All right, buddy, I'm gonna cheese you." And I don't think there's a good like, and they can fix this hopefully in the next one. But there's not a really good way to switch through your weapons really quickly besides like the weapon wheel. Yeah, because that's like a very ratchet and clank thing to do. It's like you jump midair and then it'll like stop time, and you'd like be like, "Oh, I want the bouncer now," and that's what this one is. Yeah. But I was just like cheesing him with items. I'm just like anti gravity thing, web thing on the wall. Like I was just like, I'm gonna hit you with everything. And he was just like, ah, oh, this sucks. But man, that's a cool fight, and it can happen like anywhere, which is great. Exactly. That's one of the fun things. Is like it'll just show up at the last challenge you do, or like you do when you go to fly off, and he ropes you, and he just brings you in. You're like, we're fighting on this roof because uh, that's where I found. Yeah, it's so much fun just because he's a side character like you said but you felt inclined like once he popped up and he's like hey i got all these things you can do i'm like good i'm gonna go do all of them because i can't stop playing this game he provides variety too Oh, for sure yeah well i was gonna say when they announced that he was in this game i was like okay that's kind of cool and it, it gives you context and contextualizes all the things like the stupid little games you're gonna do because like they could have just been like hey if you go here you can do this combat challenge for no reason 
And it's like, well, who's making me do this? And it's like, well, now he, Taskmaster's making you do it. So it's like he set it up. And there's this other agency who wants to hire you. And it's like, oh, man, if Pete just did, like, one mission, maybe one time, he'd make, like, six figures and just be done with it or something. (laughs) And I was like, Pete, just do it. Just whatever it is. I can retire now. Just be Spider Cop. Yeah, exactly. Be Spider Cop. And I love the Taskmaster. like, some people are just, he's like, some people are just meant to be poor. And I'm like, whoa, Taskmaster, are you, like, following (laughs) Spider around? He's like, hey, Spider-Man. It's like, I know you don't make a lot of money, but... uh, yeah, I loved that he was in this, and I thought it was a really good inclusion and a really cool look at the character, too. I was like, yeah, I really hope he pops up in other things because he basically has, like, the Sharingan. He can copy, like, everybody's abilities, and when he's using your special finisher combos on you, like, where he's shooting, like, ropes at the ground and flying past you and punching you and doing that three times in a row, you're like, dude, that's... How dare you? Like, is that what I'm doing like, to people? That's my shtick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and your health bar is just depleting. It's like, oh, man. But I liked Taskmaster stuff. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he reminded me a lot of uh, Asriel from um, Dude, Arkham. Because like, yeah. he, he's very much like Batman. But, like, he doesn't... It's not so much that he gives you, like, tasks. Like, you go and find, like, the stuff that Asriel was doing. But he was another reason, like, how I, I mentioned, I love that checklist style of open world. Yeah. But it always felt like there was a reason to do this stuff because you were getting the challenge tokens. You were getting the backpack tokens. You were getting landmark tokens. You were getting all these tokens, which went to unlocking cool suits. Oh man, so many suits. And it's not just the cosmetic appeal of the suit. It was each one unlocked a specific power that you could then use with whatever suit you were wearing. So if you saw one that really stuck out to you, like I, once I unlocked brute force, I never got away from it. Like, I'd only switch it over to, like, the focus one when yeah. you'd fall into, like, one of those crimes where it was, like, you know, perform five finishers or something like that. So I'd switch to the, the focus-only suit or power. So that way you could just keep ranking up your focus and just performing chain finisher after chain finisher. Yeah. Because I, the rank-up system's so good where it was very easy to understand and it just broke it up into the three tiers. And you could kind of just rank up, like, what you were using more. So, like, if you were more into, like, hand-to-hand combat, you could go rank that up first. If you were more into stealth or if you were more into trying to, like, upgrade your web-slinging abilities, you can go for those. But I loved how, like, towards the end of it, you could basically, like, chain together six or seven finishers if you had, like, the, the right con- combination of things. Like, yep, if you had other focus you meters, focus so. power. Yeah, if you get if you can throw in the focus power and you have it ranked up where you can perform two chain finishers back to back, if you fill that thing up, you can do like eight chain finishers in a row, and it's really entertaining because no one touches you and you're just swinging dudes around. <laughs> yep, it's super good, and you're just like taking out these dudes who used to be a problem kind of, and you're just like, nope, you're done, or like a shield dude or a guy with like a uh, crowbar or electric baton. It's oh, like God, done, yeah. done, uh, which it doesn't make a ton of sense. Because you're like, well, I'm Spider-Man. How can they even block me? But the fact that instead, like in Arkham with a shield guy, Batman would have to like jump up and over. Spidey just mm-hmm. slides under everybody. He's like, swip, and then it hits him in the back of the head. Then you can slide under him again, and then hit him in the face. And they're like, oh, you can kind of pinball. Yeah. Oh, man, so much fun. It's like <laughs> There was just so much creativity in the fight sequences. Um, and so like I kind of want to use this to parlay into just talking about the, the different boss battles where you fought him in pairs, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. But that fluidity in fighting was one of the things that I never got bored of. Because like you mentioned, just sliding under dude's legs to like trip him up and just string together combos to avoid getting hit. If you had guys lined up, you could slide under like multiple people's legs at the same time, pop up behind all of them and oh, just really? throw combos together. Oh my god. Like, I didn't do that one. I felt That's like cool. they thought of everything in terms of the combat and just the movement of Spider-Man. Like when he's flying throughout the city, when he's climbing on walls, but especially when he's fighting... Everything that I thought Spider-Man should be able to do or could be able to do, I was able to do in this game. 
and it really shows uh, how much attention to detail they put into it because you got the separate boss battles in the what was it the the third act so after the second act where all everything breaks loose and everything becomes chaos because Silver Sable shows up, who I thought was awesome in this game. Yeah. Because I love that little tension where she's like, I'll kill you, Spider-Man. Like, I don't even care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man's sure. like, whoa, just trying to stop this madness. And she's like, I don't care. I got paid to kill something, <laughs> so I'm here. But then she eventually sees that Norman Osborn and, like, the whole city's gone crazy. So she's like, I'm out of here. But before that all happens, the Sable forces go crazy. The prisoners break out because the raft has gone nuts. So those moments when you're flying through the city and literally everyone's out to get Spider-Man is so hectic. I was yeah. like, I don't, that's why I stopped doing like those just random crimes that would pop up. Cause I was like, this is chaos. Like if I stop for a second, I'm going to get blasted. So I, yeah. that's when I kind of just hightailed it into main story mode and just try to finish off the main story. But those battles in act three, when they pair up Scorpion and Rhino, then they pair up Vulture and Electro, and then they pair up uh, Mr. Negative with, I think it is by himself, and then, yeah, it's, um, you fight Doc Ock. Yep. Yeah, by himself. So, I, the, and they're so different, because you got Electro and Vulture, where you got Vulture flying around, so you gotta figure out, how am I gonna take this guy down? How am I gonna stop him from doing what he's doing? Meanwhile, Electro's literally just throwing out shockwaves everywhere, so you gotta figure out how to stop those the the rapid movement that was required like you always had to be swinging around head in a swivel trying to figure out your next move before you actually acted on it and i thought like once obviously once you figured out the little tricks i thought it wasn't too complex like once you figured out how you had to quiet down electro it was easy to kind of take him out of out of the equation and then once you figured out how to pull vulture out of the sky and get into those little battles so, like, once you figure out the little ticks, which I feel like is kind of symbolic of, like, a lot of platformers almost. Like, once you figure out sure. the little the little fluid motions of each little platform boss, it had a lot of those vibes for me. But the set pieces were amazing. Like, you're flying around just sites in New York City, and you're having these just monumentally big battles. Like, flying underneath overpasses. I think one of them was, like, in, like, a construction site. So, you're, yep. you're going through all the different, like, machinery and everything like that. And... Oh my god, I thought they paired them off correctly. Like, Vulture and Electro really kind of worked well together, as well as Rhino and Scorpion, where you got that brute who's charging at you, and then Scorpion's just kind of hanging out, like, up yep, top. He's, he's, like, he's like, I'm gonna sting y'all. <laughs> exactly, yep, I'm gonna get you. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, I just wish they would have put some of these earlier on, because it felt like they saved all this goodness for the end of the game, and I think, I hope yes. there isn't anyone who gets burned out at, like, the halfway point, and they're like, man, there are, where are all the Spider-Man villains? Like, I fought Shocker in a bank, but that was it. Um, right. But that combo, and I love this, because this game allows you to kind of pick how this boss battle or these boss battles are going to go down. Because a lot of these older games, um, for Spider-Man specifically, is kind of like you find the one thing that brings him to the ground and then you just punch him a bunch. Mm-hmm. This one was like, hey, man, you got to use your webs. Uh, Vulture throws these like his metal like feathers at you. You can throw those back at him. Like You can do a bunch of stuff. And there's two of them, which was it felt overwhelming. It felt very like how Arkham City, yeah. when that moment when it turns like the whole city goes to hell. And you're like fighting them. And you're like, man, this this kind of sucks because you're like, I'm worried about you. And then that's the whole point of the Sinister Six is to be like, oh, crap, there's the other guy. And I wonder if there was ever a thought where they're like, could we put all six of them? Like at that raft scene where they're like, 
could could you fight all six at this <laughs> like two is a lot <laughs> like two feels like a lot and i just think of like if they would have put them all together it would have been way too much but you're right i think the pairings were super good and getting rhino to like kind of go near something and put a crate on him and then just like waiting for scorpion to like come and get you and then try to dodge out of the way it's like it, it was really hectic but it was a heck of a lot of fun and i was like i really want more of these combo attacks and i hope I really hope in the next game we get these random crimes where it's like maybe there's like a meter of time that they get put away, but then like, oh, Rhino broke out and he's the one who's doing the burglary or like, you know, Vulture is out in the world and you're like, holy crap, I Tombs, I just put you away, dude. And he's like, you know, I broke out Spider-Man. You're gonna have to try better than that. Like that would be incredible. And that's what's so cool about this game is that it just makes you excited for the future. Like if this is like, you're already like, hey, Insomniac, get to work like i know they're probably still finishing up <laughs> dlc but it's like yeah can you start working on two like let's, let's start getting two together here like let's start let's start going like it's, it was so oh, for cool. real yeah like I, I i totally agree because it just left me wanting more excuse me it just left me wanting more and i agree with you i do think it would have been cool if they spaced out the boss battles a little bit because you're right like once you battle fisk and you have that little bit with shocker there's really nothing until the very end of Act 2 when everything goes crazy and then Act 3 where it's just the trifecta of boss battles where you get the the pairs there and then you get Mr. Negative and finishing it off with Doc Ock. So Act 3 is one of the most thrilling experiences I've had in video games in the past few years for sure. Like It's just a nonstop thrill ride. There's constant activity going on at all times. And like I said, like that's when the prisoners break loose. So you got prisoners running through the city, taking like basically taking over entire blocks. You got Sable taking over areas. So everywhere you're swinging through, you're getting shot at. It's absolute chaos, and yep. it, it just worked perfectly. Like it just added to everything that the story was building towards. And that that was that moment where you're like, oh my god, like how is he gonna get out of this? And that kind of really leads into the necessity of MJ and Miles Morales. So oh, yeah. I think Miles was, I said this earlier, was I, I think they were both kind of like, we, we got the, the appetizer of these two. Like, this was the building blocks of what can be a lot more for both of them in the coming games. I thought more so with Miles, that was really just like a tease. Like, all right, we're throwing him in here. We'll give you a little bit of time with him. But there's really not too much you do with him. Whereas MJ, you have multiple investigation missions with her, and then they actually give her the ability to attack which she's she, Miles has nothing. He can't attack anybody. His whole thing is sneaking. He's pushing over objects, distracting people. And finally they give MJ the taser. And I feel like it gives that little bit like that little taste. It's like, all right, she's more than just a reporter. She's more than just, you know, Peter's friend. Eventually they get back together at the end of the game. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out Stan Lee as well. Yep. Great cameo. Yeah. Great cameo. <laughs> Look great. I, I, I smiled when he's just like, you two are always my favorite. It's like me too, Stan. Like, yeah. I, I love Peter and MJ. Yeah. So we, I think we're going to get a lot more of her in the next game. And I hope so because they formed this awesome team. Like that's, I love the three, like their dynamic because now, and like I said earlier, where, you know, Peter loses all of his mentors. Doc Ock turns out to be literally mad with power. He loses Aunt May at the end. He's already lost Uncle Ben. Norman, forget about that guy. Yeah. And then we find out what happens to Harry, which we'll talk we'll talk about in a little bit. So now this is a, a great transition in Peter's life where he's now becoming the mentor for Miles. And I think that's why it worked perfectly in their character arc. And that's why I think you needed to have Miles in this game and actually have the chance to play as him, even though... It's it's small. It definitely is small, but I think it goes to the bigger picture of where they're going with it. Yeah, definitely. And it's more about his like hacking abilities and kind of saying, oh, yeah, you know, he tries to figure these problems out by being intelligent because he doesn't have superpowers. So like those little moments 
they are good, and I, I think the moments with MJ are good too. But I think if they weren't in a Spider-Man game, they would absolutely suck. Because, uh, yeah. like, it, it takes control away from being Spidey, and the moment you get to back to being Spider-Man, you're like, oh, thank goodness. Uh, but, yes. like, exploring with MJ is fun. Uh, the two that stick out to me are when she's at Grand Central Station, and you're, like, kind of telling Pete to, like, take people out, and you get to see Spider-Man from her perspective, oh like, a person's God, perspective, and you're like, so he cool. took him out. And I had him in the noir suit, I think, so he's, like, all black, so I'd be like, hey, Spidey, <laughs> take him out. So he'd come down and just take a dude out, and I was like, whoa. I tried to, like, try to follow him on the ceiling, but it didn't really work out super well. And then when she goes into my, one of my favorite places, maybe in all of comics, and they nailed it, Norman Osborn's apartment. So I could have just good. spent so three good. hours in there. I was like thinking for like the review, I was like, maybe I should just like try to capture some of this right now. But I was like, it's too cool. And I was just like walking around. I'm like, this is so amazing. <laughs> I was just like looking yeah. at everything. Oh I'm like, God. all the little hints. I was like, is Gabo going to be in the game? And <laughs> I was like, is it going to happen? But they showed restraint. No, none of him, none of Venom. I'm, I'm proud of him. Uh, but walking through those places and just having her walk into his bathroom, Norman Osborne's bathroom, and saying, man, Osborne's bathroom is bigger than my entire apartment. And, <laughs> and just like realizing how much money this guy has and you're just like yep this seems about right but it has that again that sam raimi kind of apartment vibe it felt a lot like that kind of dark wood everywhere like masks here and there and it was just like oh, oh my this God. is really cool like and even wilson fisk's like um private collection you get to see a little bit earlier on a lot of fun stuff in there too so like yeah, that's and, fun because those are both mj missions you see all wilson fisk stuff as mj and then you see osborne's apartment as mj and i i because I, I, I agree with you like that those two missions like when you're as mj or miles morales it can easily take people out of that game because stealth gameplay isn't for everybody and yeah. honestly that's all you're doing when you're playing as those two characters and like you said when you're spider-man you have control you can take the stealth approach but guess what you can also be spider-man and go yeah. beat up everybody and web sling all around new york so it's much easier to be like i don't need to be stealth in this aspect but in those specific missions it's all stealth so i, I can definitely see how that's a turn off to some people however I think her missions provided such a cool, intimate look at the world around them. And like you said, it really went to building the backstory of those characters because you see the type of collector that Wilson Fisk is. You see how much art means to him, and it really plays into his whole persona. And then with Norman, you get the little nuggets. Like you see, okay, he's definitely working on some goblin stuff. That's for sure. Yep. And then you see the big tank that's all shielded up and you're like, what's in there? Exactly. And of course that's a little, that's the precursor for the first post credit scene. I, I really love how they really stuck with the Marvel theme and did two post credit scene like that. Beautiful. That warmed my heart. Yeah. And, but the, the biggest thing that happened out of the whole Osborne scenario is the spider that got out. Yeah. And when that happened, my jaw dropped. I was like, Oh, let's, go i was like this is this is it like here we're gonna and i thought for a minute i was like are they gonna have it bite mj that's what i thought too i was are like spider one like kind of oh, spider I, was, MG? I was that would have been so cool but obviously like in the back of your head like yeah it would make sense if miles is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, exactly yeah i love the the second post credit scene is when you see because later in the game the spider breaks off mj and then gets on to miles and he gets bit and then later on the second post credit scene, Miles comes to visit Peter. And he's like, "Hey, man, I uh, I gotta show you something." And he just jumps up on the ceiling like Spider Man. And Peter's just like, "Yeah, it's not that weird." <laughs> I thought I was like, "Okay, Pete, that's a bold move." I also thought that earlier on, when they were both laying there after that attack on Miles's dad's kind of like um, 
uh, ward ceremony that like their mm-hmm. blood was gonna like hit each other and like that's how he was gonna get it. I was like, how is he gonna get right. the freaking spider bite? But when Peter kind of shows off, to him, I'm like, that's really cool, but also very dangerous, Pete. I was like, Pete, you gotta stop. Like, I know you trust him, which is good because I build it up through the game. So it's like, okay, yeah, he's gonna be the mentor, which is gonna be great. So like, co-op. Come on, Insomniac, you can do it. Give me the co-op oh in the God. next game. Come on. Like, that would be amazing. I Imagine that because like Square Enix is going to come out with this Avengers game whenever they decide to do it. And yeah. then they're just like, hey, we just made a co-op Spider-Man game. So uh, go have fun with your friends slinging around New York. And it's like, all right, see you later, Avengers. We're going to do that. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, my gosh. And then you can have like the camouflage with Miles and like that special like sting, like spider sting. And it's like, oh, goodness, oh, I can't. God. I can't wait. Like, I hope they do that. There's so many possibilities and that's why i loved how they really just kind of use them as like the building blocks like we're going to get into them in future games and i think that's my favorite part that i took away from this is that this isn't a one-off for them they know that this could be a real solid franchise moving forward especially with next gen systems on the horizon if we could do all of that with this who i mean who knows what they're capable of in the future but there's just obviously so many things that you can do with the Spider-Man universe. I think that they've built just a real solid foundation with the world that they've crafted. And of course, like with villains of any comic book, you've never seen the last of them. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, like you said, it kind of solidifies their future. And I was listening to them talk on IGN about this and that they went um, when they were offered this chance to work with a Marvel character. They went to Marvel and they were kind of like, hey, guys, here are all the characters which one would you like? And Spider-Man rose to the top really quickly. And, you know, coming off of, like, Ratchet and Clank for all these years, you can see that style baked in where it's like, hey, you play Spidey or Ratchet, and then you go to MJ or Clank. So, like, you get away from, like, mm-hmm. your main stuff, and you can see that it makes perfect sense. And I hope you're, we're right. I hope we're all right that this game does so well, and it's like, you know what, Insomniac will get to do things once in a while that, oh, you know, is different. it did well. Yeah, exactly. It, it was... <laughs> I, hope it, I hope it continues to just be like, you can't, like Sony says you can't make anything else or like someone says like hey you really can't I think it was what it was the the fastest selling and like the highest selling game on PS4 like it beat out God of War for oh like really oh, oh my god oh, okay god. well yeah. I just I hope that means that and I also you know I'm sure there's some sort of Sony you know like PlayStation deal I wish that you could have this on Xbox and Switch but even if you can't the fact that like this caliber of superhero game is still coming out even after the Arkham stuff is like a shot across the bow for everybody saying like yeah. guess what everybody wake up if you're gonna make a superhero game you better shape up you better show up yeah, with your like, best this is stuff. the bar yeah exactly they like took the arkham bar and they're like you know what this is a really nice bar we're not gonna change the bar we're just gonna move it up a little bit and then people are like oh, wait the arkham bar was really high already and they're like yeah we know we know uh and we just they crushed it exactly but the thing that spider-man does is they actually put people on the ground Thank yeah. you for putting civilians out there. I know they're not that great, and you can kind of, like, do the finger guns or high-five them and do stuff or do, like, an awkward hug high-five with someone. But at least there are people there. It feels like this world is alive as opposed to just some goons off, like, 100 yes. meters to your left. You're just going, like, oh, man, I saw that this guy got beat up by the Batman. I hope he doesn't get me, too. It's like, <laughs> that is all they talk about. Like, you don't just listen to the... You have J. Jonah Jameson on this radio oh, that you don't yes. need to listen Jay to. Jonah. But he's there, and he's this constant source of just antagonism throughout the game. But there are brief moments when it gets the worst, where you he's like a good guy. He's like, yeah. you know what? It's a bad time. 
take shelter, use whatever you have to to protect and defend yourselves. And he's not, like, going after Spider-Man. But the rest of the time, he's just all these crazy theories about Spider-Man eating pigeons and all this stuff. It's like, <laughs> this guy would totally get a show and be on the show forever. Like, just be yeah. every day, just four hours a day, just yelling. I love it. I totally agree. That's one of the things that Insomniac nails, is they make an open world that feels like a world. It doesn't just feel like a setting for a superhero to do superhero things. And that's how the Arkham games feel. Like, it doesn't feel like a world. It just feels like a playground where Batman can pick and choose the fights he wants to get into. With this, like you said, you go down to the street, you talk to pedestrians, you take pictures with them, you high-five them, you hug them. And yeah, like, that's kind of corny, I guess you could say, but it's still awesome. Like, oh, yeah. That, and again, like we have to say, like Peter Parker and Spider-Man definitely lends himself to being that approachable and having that open world experience. Because like Batman ain't going to walk around the streets like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, yeah, totally. He, he, he's too dark and brooding for that. So like Peter's very approachable. He's always excited to talk to people and he's so witty and charming. Whereas Bruce is just like, oh, my parents are dead. Yeah, very, so like, very you know, much. he's miserable all the time. Yeah, so that's very true. Yeah, so like that open world, because that's what made me want to do all the side stuff, because I just wanted to be in that world. Yep. And that's, you know, after a while with some of the, the, the Rocksteady games, I would do all the Riddler stuff, but a lot of the other side stuff, I probably wouldn't dabble with too much. Like, I would always go after the, the missions where you knew there was a side villain that would pop up. Yeah. However, I, I never wanted 100% those games. This one, I wanted 100% it because I just didn't want to stop playing as Spider-Man. Like, I didn't want to get out of that world. And I think that says a lot because it is just, like, one of those checklist things. It's like, here, there are all these tasks you can do in all these different regions, but go have fun. And that's the thing is I never stopped having fun. There was never a time where I was just like, you know, this is this is boring. And it's... It's one of those few times where I'm like, you know, I'm looking forward to picking it up again, even though I know what happens. Just because now I know it's like I can change the way I do combat. Like I, I fully know how to fight inside and out so I can approach battles completely different ways. I could rank him up in a different way to try to access things sooner than I did last time. But there's not enough good things I can say about what Insomniac did with this game. I think they really hit it out of the park with how a superhero game should be played. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I think a bunch of the optional stuff, it, there's not too much of it. And I, I know we were talking about Ubisoft earlier, but Far Cry is just the, the biggest um, example of this. It's like mm -hmm. you open up a tower or whatever, and there's like a thousand things that pop up on your oh, yeah. map. In this game, it's like there's a lot, but it's not so much where you can't just do it naturally and i will say this i think the tokens are a stupid way to level up i wish there was a cooler contextual way of doing it because it's like because peter takes a picture of a building and gets a token for it who the heck gives him that token <laughs> and it's like this is what you need to make a suit and i'm like what are you talking about so they give you like almost too many suits because like i was just like unlocking i unlocked like all of them after like a while i was just like i just unlocked them i just sat there and just unlocked each thing and i was like i didn't yeah. use these i didn't need them because once you learn how to like play the game you don't need these suits or their powers. You're just like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man. Like, I know how to dodge, and now it's slow time when I dodge so I can, like, punch people I couldn't normally punch before, like the brutes yeah. or the guys with electrical batons. And just, like, the disarm. I forgot to mention this earlier. I hated that back in Batman because you had to burn, like, your combo thing for it. Like, your yeah. finisher. And this one, they're like, hey, man, if you get this upgrade, you can just whip at a guy who's got a crowbar, a gun from a distance, pull that away from him, spin it around, and hit him with it or hit other people with it like yeah, that is incredible it's like oh so this little machine gun is now a whirlwind that hits everyone in the face and you're like you throw it and then you whip it at a guy and you're like 
that was amazing. Like, that little stuff right there is, like, that's what makes you want to go do all the stupid little crimes all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, there's an overturned bus, and you got to, like, you get this guy out of here, but there's also some bad guys there, too. And you're like, you know what? Right. I'll beat the crap out of them and then save this person. And then you're like, exactly, yeah, I'm Spider-Man. Then you just jump away. Those are always great because, like I said, like, it could get tedious. Like, I've done so many of these small crimes that pop up, but they always shuffled the deck. Like, I never felt like I was doing the same exact crime, like, two or three times in a row or anything like that. Uh, two things I love that they added. The super jump, because uh, there was back in, like, Ultimate Spider-Man, you could do this with Venom, where you just tap R2 and you just skyrocket 30 stories. Like, in this game, you do get it eventually, like, hold R2 and X, and then you just, like, you're like, bye, everybody, and then, doof, you just go flying off in the air. And then when you run it up a building, hitting X at the top, maybe one of my favorite traversal options, he just jumps over with the web and kind of throws himself forward. It's like... That's just the perfect little wrinkle. You yeah. added the perfect little wrinkle on the top of a freaking building. I'm like, ah, bravo. Yeah, and then when you eventually unlock the ability to, like, when you web shoot up to a certain point, because what the game lets you do is it basically lets you target a certain point on a building, like a ledge or something like that, and you could hit L2 and R2 at the same time, and he web shoots right up to that point, and you could rank up to the point where once you hit X, as soon as he makes contact with the ledge, he just rockets himself right off the ledge, and... It ends up making traveling through the city so fast and entertaining. Like, yep. you could just, like... There were so many times where I would try to see how long I could go without actually just hitting the ground. Just oh, yep. And then how low I could go without hitting the ground. Me like, too. Just they're, so many times. They're forgiving on that. Uh, which, that's, by the way, like we said before, that's how you beat those drone missions really well with that that thing you said right there, but also they have that on pipes as well, is that you can, mm-hmm. like, if you perch on a pipe, you will, like, whip through the pipe, and you feel oh, so, so, like, cool. the most Spider-Man you could possibly, if you, like, do, like, a cool flip out of it, you're like, yeah, I just went through, like, this construction site, and it went through a big pipe, and you're like, yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> there was one I went through, it was, like, a crane, and it had just, like, you know, the metal bars that were interlapping. Yeah. Like, like overlapping and i just went through one of those like just not even intentionally like i just mid stride hit it and he just went through it i was like that was so cool like i did anybody see i'm like no my dog is just sleeping because like nobody saw that but it was cool it's like you think that's what maybe peter used to think when he used to do stuff like that it just would happen he's like yeah nobody saw it but it was pretty sweet and it was cool to me and like you feel like you're spider-man you're like yeah that was pretty sweet you know i just meant to do it inside you're like that was amazing like that was so cool like ah yeah this game man oh so good. So uh, I finally remembered my train of thought where you were mentioning, and I agree with you, how I do wish like the rank up system was a little bit different because you're right. It doesn't necessarily make sense that he's just getting these tokens. Yeah. But I will say if they did something like, oh, he had to stop like these, if, if, if say they worked into the crimes, like you stop crimes and you don't get missions, but you get like fabric or material sure, upgrade yeah. suit, things like that. And I think that they, that might be stuff that they look towards in the future because I'm sure that's feedback that, that they're getting. But at the same time, I do like how they made it accessible, where they were like, all right, we're not going to go crazy with how you have to unlock everything. And also shout out to them for making it an attainable platinum. It wasn't just like, you got to beat the game on hardcore mode in six and a half minutes without taking any damage. Yeah, exactly. So they made it like a super attainable platinum, where it was like, unlock all these things, do the side missions, yada, yada, yada. But there were some cool things you had to do where you had to, like, greet ten strangers or something like that on the street. Like, little things that you had to find. Oh, cool. And there's one you have to find. It's called Pay Respects. And you have to find Uncle Ben's grave. And you go oh, to his grave. I haven't done that yet. There. Oh, jeez. Okay. See, I have to go and do it's that. Because, nice. like, that's cool to me. Like, making the costumes is cool. And I think the level up system, which are two different things, like to like the various skill trees you have, which eventually unlock everything because they're like, hey, man, exactly. you're Spider-Man. So we're not going to be like, you're only de- the defender version of Spider-Man. It's like, no, no, you can be every <laughs> version of spider You can have it all, which I liked because that was pretty forgiving in that respect. But 
being able to obtain everything pretty easily, that's really nice. Because it's not like, man, I have to grind yeah. out to get this stupid thing. It's like, nope. It's really simple. Just go do this thing. You're like, okay, cool. Exactly. And that's and that's what you look for in a game. Like you want them to kind of respect your time and your abilities. Like it was nothing that was super easy. Like sure some of them like going to grab backpacks. Like that doesn't take any skill, but that was more designed to provide filler on the world around you. Yeah. Like that wasn't designed to, you know, really challenge your skill set or anything along those lines. It was really one, so you could start swinging around and seeing the sights, and then two, really get an understanding of this history, like what this universe of Spider-Man is all about. And it was such a cool way to do it. So yeah. you don't get loaded with some like, you know, some chat that you have to do or you have to sit through and you get like just a bunch of information dumped on you at once. It's these little snippets and they're provided like photos. Like I remember one where it's like this picture a kid drew for him because oh my gosh, he yeah. saved him. And so, like, just little cool things like that. So it really makes, you know, Peter and the world around him feel real. Like, you feel like you're a part of it. You're actually getting to see it. And that's kind of, like, one of the things we have to talk about is Yuri Lowenthal. Yeah. Great job as Peter Parker. Like, yeah. Like, that was phenomenal. For sure. And for people who might not know who that is, the other, he's done a bunch of stuff. But the one that I always go back to is his performance in Naruto as Sasuke. Sasuke Uchiha. Um and to kind of take a role like that, you know, as like an anime, like a, a vengeful character, and then also be like this kind of guy, like it's a perfect voice for it. And I think he did a heck of a job. And I don't know oh, if yeah. you saw this, Steve, but like I was watching this little video where someone said that they recorded most of his dialogue in two ways. They recorded it at, like at peace where he was just standing and then exerted. So he'd be on the phone with someone. And if he was standing on top of a building, he'd be talking like you and I would be. But if he was, you know, flying, he would, he'd be talking like this. And he'd be like, he always, they did like <laughs> exerted versions of all the ways he would talk, like while he's on the phone. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I was like, well, see, that's how it. well done the game was Ugh. because I noticed that like you, you notice it in, in the sense that like, Oh, when you're swinging around and he's talking, it sounds like he's swinging around when he's yep. talking. But you don't really put any emphasis on it because you're like, oh, that's how it should sound. Yep. But, like, that's amazing. Yep. Like, those little things, it's the, that attention to detail. Like, nothing was overlooked. And New York, this was a beautiful, well-done New York. Everything from the Empire State Building down to the bridges, like, everything was what you'd expect to see when you go over to New York. But, like, that that performance of Spider-Man by uh, Yuri was one of my favorites. Like, I put him up there with, you know, Tom Holland and first two Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. Again, the third one shall not be named, but the first two were good. But yeah, him and like, he's right up there with Tom Holland in my mind. Like I, I will picture this when people mention Spider-Man, like this is going to come as one of the, the, the forefront things in my mind whenever someone brings up the idea of Spider-Man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the one thing I thought that was kind of strange though, is I think they're using or something like it, like the LA Noir facial capture. And there was something always just like a, just a smidge, like, I don't know if Uncanny Valley is the right term for it, but there was always something a little weird. Like when I think of Peter, not that he looked bad, but the, he looked a lot older or there was something going on, maybe like with his hair or his face. And Norman also looked kind of weird. Like there's a few people I was like, hmm, I don't know if I buy this so much, but you know, Insomniac's not used <laughs> to doing regular humans so much. They kind of like are really cartoony and a lot of weird like crazy alien stuff so yeah i don't know if this was just like hey we're gonna try out this new thing it's not gonna be the main focal point but it was always something that bothered me only slightly i don't know if you felt like that at all i noticed sometimes that some of the other side characters i noticed it mostly when i was doing the side mission where you're hunting down all the missing students Dude, yes you, thank uh, you thank you so much i just saw this last night his facial animations never kept up 
like that one was one that all right so i'm glad it just wasn't me but yeah no his facial animations were not good yep and i'm sure we've all seen the uh the video that ign posted of when if you go out to sea and you make it to one of the boats there they insomniac fully expected no one to go look at the people on those boats yep (laughs) or maybe they did and they're just like yeah screw it let's see what happens i like to think (laughs) that they just put in like the spider-man 2 graphics and they're like we'll put them just on this boat and we'll hope that someone finds it, and it'll be an Easter egg. We'll be like, yep, we meant to do it. Ha <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> like, you know, that's what I hope, anyway. Totally on purpose. Actually, one of my favorite Easter eggs, I don't know if you picked up on it, but in the Spider-Man PI side mission, when you're crawling on the wall, and you're hearing the people talk about the mit- like the burglary or whatever they're about to plan, the guy talking, because I always turn subtitles on whenever I'm playing oh, yeah. a game, just Me in too. case. So the guy talking says his name is Nico. And he goes, I think they're planning a heist. And he goes, oh, Roman's already over there. So I'm like, is that Grand Theft Auto 4? Oh like, are we talking about gosh. Nico and Roman? Because it took place in Liberty City, a.k.a. New York. So I thought that was a nice That's little Easter really egg. Good. That's really good. There's a part earlier on, too, where they're talking about, like, quarks, like, um, science-based information. And uh, I thought for sure there someone was going to call somebody Captain Quark, like, from Ratchet & Clank. I was like, <laughs> I was like, come on, guys, just do it. You know you want to, but they showed just restraints. But I love that they had that Grand Theft Auto reference. I didn't pick up on that. That's wonderful. Good on I, like, I'd, I'd imagine it's a Grand Theft Auto. Oh, I don't know many other it Nico ha- and Romans I think it is. I think I saw a headline saying there's, like, this insane Grand Theft Auto 4 Easter egg. And it's just, like, all these game de- developers, and I love this about specifically game devs they do some movies sometimes too but just like saying yeah we all love games we don't just play just spider-man we play all these other games and it's kind of like a little nod it's like in witcher 2 when he finds like a dead assassin in a hay bale and he's just like yep these people keep doing this and it's just like a little hey you know what you guys are making games we're making (laughs) games good job making games like we're making games too like i I love love it it. yeah it's like when i follow Corey barlog on twitter because he's the same way like when um oh yeah because when naughty dog released like the last of us two trailers and stuff like he was giving them all the praise and, like he went to visit like the naughty dog headquarters and he was just like these guys are amazing and like everybody just tweets out praise to each other like insomniac did it when god of war came out cory barlog and, and santa monica do it when in, in when spider-man comes out and it's just one of the coolest things because that at the end of the day that's what it is like everybody just loves video games and we're so lucky because we keep seeing these incredible games come out and now with advances in technology, like we get to play some of the coolest experiences that has ever been seen in gaming. Like I never would have imagined because back what it was a PS2 when we played Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, like those games were cool. Like web oh, yeah. back then, that was pretty awesome. Of course, like you could only go a certain level and it would just shoot you back up because there was no walking on the street back then. So I would never, I like back playing that game, I never could have fathomed that this is what we'd be doing right now is going through one of the coolest video games I've ever played. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, like I know in Spider-Man 1, that's how it was. I think in 2, that was, you could go on the street level, but it wasn't like now. I mean, I was trying to think yeah. like if I could go back in time and tell like a younger Jimmy, be like, hey man, there's going to be the sixth Spider-Man game that's a lot like this one you're playing right now but it's way better. You're just going to have to wait. Just wait a little bit. And then I think... Patience. Like, yeah, be patient. But, like, you know, like, head of Xbox over there, Phil Spencer, he's got a PlayStation 4, I'm sure. And, like, he mm-hmm. tweets out stuff once in a while being like, hey, man, congrats on this game or whatever. And, like, I love yeah. that sort of thing because it's just, like, you know, you got to learn from your competition. And I hope that everybody plays this because I want everyone who's making superhero games, who wants to make one, who thinks what 
makes this IP perfect for this, what can we learn from it? Because that's exactly what they did with Batman. Because you know that they were playing tons of Batman. They're probably just like, all right, what's the best like superhero game ever made? And they're like, oh, the Arkham games keep popping up. They're like, we should probably play through those a few times. Check them mm-hmm. out. Like, learn from them. Oh, there's this combat and this Predator thing. We should do that. But Spidey's going to be faster. Like, he's going to be better. Like, it's going to yeah. be really good. And it's like, mm-hmm, he is. And it's great. See, that was like like backtracking. Because like I said, I love stealth combat. I love taking stealth approach when I'm given the option. So doing the Taskmaster challenges, the stealth ones. Oh, my gosh. So just good. Learning, like, learning how to get quicker at yep. being stealthy was one of my favorite things when I was playing that game. Because I was like, oh, sweet. I didn't think I could be that fast. Like, I thought I had to really take my time. But then you were, like, stringing together combats. Like, all right, I'll jump down, take that guy, swing up, get that guy. And then I'll also jump down and grab that guy. So you get three guys in three seconds. It's absolutely incredible. Yep. A lot of mine was just, like, eventually, if there's, like, one or two guys left, I'd hold that R2, do the X super jump, and then hit triangle really quickly to just find the last dude and just come flying in and just, like, kind of dynamic entry, kick him in the face and be like, yeah, we're done here. I'm like, I'm Spider-Man, baby. Like, yeah, dude. Man, I love the stealth in this game. I think it just, and I love the trip mines. They're maybe my favorite thing in the game. I love putting them on things, like, pulling guys into that. I love putting it on dudes. They slam into each other. It gets slammed into a wall. It's like... Oh, so much fun. It's like, bye. When I saw one of the trophies was you need to trip mine two, like a pair of people together 10 separate times. I thought that was going to be super hard, but it was one of my favorite trophies to get because it was never boring. Yep. Trip mining multiple people together. Cause I, you figured out a way where you could, sh- if people were facing each other, you could shoot one of them in the chest. So the trip mine would go off and like light into their chest. And sure. so they would just web them together. So I had I agree like the trip mine was one of my favorites because like you mentioned the weapon wheel the gadget wheel excuse me it wasn't the best so a lot of times I'd almost forget to kind of cycle through my gadgets luckily the game does this cool thing where if you have if you're stuck on one specific gadget and you run out of it because that happens a lot with like say the electric shooter it'll automatically switch to your regular web shooter for you yeah. which I thought was a nice touch but most of the time I kind of stuck with the web shooter and while I was doing stealth approach, I'd go with trip mine. But um, unfortunately I didn't get too much into the gadgets just because I really felt like I didn't need most of them to be honest. Like once I figured out my kind of flow with combat, that's all I wanted to do. Like I didn't want the drone to take out enemies. I wanted to take out those oh, enemies. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, I noticed that one little thing. I don't know if you had this problem with the trip mines too. Sometimes you pl- want to place them in a certain spot, but they'd hit the top of a box or something and they'd shoot straight up. I was always the like, worst. <laughs> I was like, I just completely wasted this. I was like, but it's so cool when you throw a few of those out right before combat and then you start fighting and the guys just get pulled to the walls. Like what's going on? And you just start fighting people like, yeah, I have like thought this ahead and I'm also beating the crap out of everybody and they just can't yeah. stop me. I'm like, wee. And that was why the the game really just stands out to me is because that combat will never get old. Like yeah. I- I'll go back to play it and I'll probably find new cool ways I can get through enemies. And that that's the big thing is like when you picked up that game as a, as a fan of Spider-Man, personally what i was looking for was is this game going to be true to how spider-man would actually act and play and i think it nails it 100 percent. like yeah. there was never a time where i was like oh he wouldn't do that he wouldn't say that he wouldn't move like this he wouldn't fight like this like i said every time i was like oh i could picture spider-man doing this two seconds later i was doing the same move like oh, oh man my favorite move was jumping up and doing the, the swing kick Oh, and you yeah, just dude. get like a bunch of enemies at once and you just ride them. And then eventually you rank up to be able to web up and swing thugs. So like the big brutes. Yep. You're literally just swinging a wrecking ball. Yep. And you're just throwing them around. You're like, <laughs> like take that big you, guy. 
And then you were like figuring out how to aim, like when you swing guys. So not only do you swing and take out a bunch of guys, but then you throw them to the wall and they stick to the wall. So like you were by the end of the game, you're wiping out hordes of enemies in like 45 seconds because you just figured out exactly the path to take. Yeah. And when you're done, you can kind of like examine your work because like when you play as Batman, like everyone's just down on the ground and you're like, all right, cool. But, like, when you're Spider-Man, there's, like, a couple dudes on the ground. A couple dudes are, like, webbed to the walls. Like, you're kind of, like, walking around. And they're just, like, some of them are struggling. And some of them are just, like, hanging upside down. And you're like, yeah, I kind of made a mess. Uh, and they take that kind of Naughty Dog environmental interaction to the next level. Because it's like, oh yeah, you want to pull down the yeah. scaffolding? Go for it. Pull up this manhole cover and whip it at somebody? Do it. Pull a gun away, like I said before? Do that. Pull a mailbox and use it? You, there's so many things. There's always something to look for. Because you're always like, oh, I can yep. use that. I can use that. I can use that. I can use that. It's like cool pull that car door off throw it at a dude like it's like oh cool i think i just killed that dude yeah for it's sure. like all right i got the the car door uh i got the gun on the top of that sable truck i can whip that at somebody yep. oh there's a bunch of motorcycles over there i'll probably throw those at you too just because wooden pallets why not just chuck everything and yep. that's i feel like they thought about it too it's just like all right if i was playing what would I want to rip off of a wall and throw at my enemies? And they're like, electrical box, let's throw it in. And like, yep. when you do that and you electrify one guy and then he bumps into his friend who then gets electrified and then all of a sudden six dudes are all electrified and you're just like, I did it. Yeah, oh, for I sure. <laughs> and I'm hoping in the next one you can like pick up the motorcycle yourself or like kick a desk yourself and be like, oh yeah, hit box next to this desk and you just kick it like straight forward like 20 feet and just knock out oh, a couple of so dudes cool. and just be like, yep, or just pull a desk from behind them and just like knock them out from behind like the scaffolding. It's like so much fun to get two or three dudes who are just kind of have a conversation by the scaffolding or something and just like the game saying, do it, do it right now. <laughs> and you're like, for real? okay, yeah, I'll pull it down. <laughs> Like, so good. Oh, my God. So, unfortunately, we could talk about combat and gameplay and everything under the sun for hours, but we've already been at it for about an hour and a half. So, let's (laughs) wrap it up with some basically closing thoughts on the game and then a few things you'd like to see in the future. I know we kind of talked at length about some of the things we are kind of envisioning moving forward, but just closing it all off with a couple of things that you are hoping to see in the future game. Again, I, you know, I'm kind of working on my full review of this because it came out at just a rough time. So I put out a little review of progress where I just, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'll talk about five minutes, but it's like a 14 minute video. Um, (laughs) But I I can't not recommend this game. Um, Did I say that correct? I just go play it. If you can't play it, I understand if you can't play it on like Switch or Xbox or whatever, but just try to drink it in, try to understand it as much as you can. If you're a Spider-Man fan, there's truly never been a better Spider-Man game. I really, I feel like I could say that, and I haven't really played all the other ones completely extensively, but I just, I know it, and there's the love for this character, and you really feel it in every little thing that this game is about. And the fact that this universe is not only just Spider-Man. There's a lot of other stuff going on, potentially, like a lot of Avengers stuff, Mm -hmm. and it's like, there's so much that could be explored. And for the future, I would just love to see, even if it's just Spider-Man again, bring in those other villains because his rogues gallery i would say is right up there with batman's as far as like cool like underling villains where it's like yeah they've got the joker but there's like shocker you know or stuff like that or i should say two-face and you know like rhino or something like Mm -hmm. just like not the the top tier like joker should be joker and green goblin but i I can't wait for green goblin i think he's gonna show you know it's coming i know and i want it to be norman like i think harry's good but I like it. Oh, yeah, to we, start for, we with forgot. Norman. We forgot to mention like the whole thing with Harry. So, but yeah. yeah, before we finish off closing thoughts, eventually, so after the the uh, MJ mission where you're in the Osborne building, you see 
the like in Osborne's back hidden room because every supervillain has a hidden room yep. behind a picture frame because that's how that always works. So Norman is just like all those villains. You see this like tank, but it's shielded up, so you don't know what's in there. And so the post credit scene, because the whole game, like we said, you hear about Harry. Harry's mentioned plenty, but a lot of times it's MJ and Peter like, I haven't heard from him in a while. Like He took a trip to Europe. I haven't heard from him. And then you eventually see some things for like Harry where he's like talking to Norman. He's like, yeah, we're going on that big trip, right? And then you find out that Harry has whatever illness his mother had. And basically Norman has like cryogenically frozen him in a sense where he's like incubated him in this chamber in his back room until they can find the cure. And I think that that teases a couple things. Like obviously I've said, I think Harry could be a good green goblin, but this could tease some venom type stuff. Like I know that there was like some small little nod to venom somewhere in the game. I'd have to go back and double check, but Oh, Eddie Brock had signed um, like a a card for Peter about working at the field when he left. And he's like, Hey, nice working with you, Eddie Brock. And I was like, Oh, Uh, (laughs) yes, there it was the backpack. I love the backpacks. Mm -hmm. But so that's how, you know, like Harry, there's going to be a big role for Harry. Like you don't have that reveal in post credits unless they have something planned. We had to get that out of the way, but back to closing thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, then you kind of make a, maybe Norman a little bit like Mr. Freeze where he's trying to save somebody and he'll do whatever it takes. Uh, Oh, by the way, they do contextualize the backpacks, which is great at one point. You so get good. like it's like oh there's a reason why he's got so many of them uh but i would love to see i would love 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 to see green goblin because green goblin is my favorite spider-man villain he is you oh, take yeah. joker and lex luther put them together give them superpowers and you've got terror like you have terror right there and i would love to see him i would love to see venom venom's that second and ock is third but i want to see them you know i want to see more of those boss fights throughout the game but besides that, man, I just don't even know what else because, like, it's so well done the way it is. Bring, you know, oh, know. Wilson Fisk back into the fold. Bring Kingpin back for all the goons you have to beat that. up. You know? Wouldn't that be good? I think it'd be good. Uh, I love Kingpin. But, yeah, uh, it's so hard to say what else, like, besides maybe even co-op, if there's anything like that. I'm sure they'll have the Miles Morales side missions that you have to do. But it would be, like, my dream come true to play this game with another person and be like, all right, now we can take on the Sinister Six together. It's like, all right, you take those two. I'll take these three. And there's another one over there. Like, you know, (laughs) like, oh, my God. And I I, I definitely know that that might be wishful thinking. But I I feel like it's not, like, completely out of the realm of possibilities for them to have some type of co-op aspect where maybe not for the entire game, but maybe there are certain things that you can do that are pertinent to the story in a way where you're actually getting to play with your friends and one of you is Peter, one of you is Miles, or even one of you is MJ. Who knows? Like, I feel like there's a way they could work that in there. I'm very curious to see what they do with the DLCs. I know they plan three. I'm already looking forward to, I know, the Black Cat one. I thought she was a nice touch because, I mean, obviously, it it, it draws a lot of comparisons to Batman and Catwoman. But, I mean, you can find comparisons for, like, any type of comic book thing. So, that is what it is. But it's very it's a very similar idea where you got these two who they loved each other at one point, but you know she's uncompromising in the fact that she'll do whatever it takes to get by, and he's uncompromising in the fact that he's going to be a good guy. So it's very similar to what we've seen in other stories, but I like I've never seen it done on the big screen. So I think it's cool to bring Black Cat to the forefront and. and those side missions were a lot of fun hunting down all the the spots to take pictures. And I love how that was the kind of the tease. Cause it's like, you know, we got the DLC coming, so you know, there's going to be more for this. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing her as having kind of a, a strong role in, the, in a future game as well. Maybe she joins up with, you know, Peter and MJ and miles. 
But really, kind of my, my main takeaway from this game is, like you said, everybody needs to experience this. Even if you're not a Spider-Man fan, if you're just a fan of good gameplay with a, you know, a real heartfelt story that makes sense, character motivations all flow like they should, there's nothing, like, egregious that takes place. I mean, within reason, because it is a superhero game, <laughs> so occasionally there's some egregious activities that go on. But for the most part, this game was absolutely everything I expected it to be and more. It, you know, it had so much hype. Sony closed out their E3 show with it, which I thought was an interesting take at the time because I thought we had already seen plenty on Spider-Man and it was coming out, you know, within a couple of months. Yeah, they had a weird but E3. It, it, yeah, but it all worked because yeah. it, it got the hype up because that trailer got me super interested more so than I was before because I was like, oh, so it's not just Mr. Negative. There's a lot more to this. And I loved how they kept it quiet. Like, that was incredible. Like, they, like you said, there was nothing about Dr. Octavius in yeah. any of the marketing material. So I think that they really handled everything about this game as well as they could have. Um, for the first game of a franchise, it's absolutely stellar. Like, this, this is exactly how I felt when I played Arkham Asylum. Because that game was unlike anything we had seen before. And it was just like, hit you in the mouth. Like, this is what a superhero game should be. And now here we are in 2018 and Spider-Man has kind of rewrote that script. They're like, this is what a superhero game should be. And like you said, find a way to get your hands on it. If you got to borrow a PS4, go to the one blockbuster that still exists. Where is it? In Alaska or something? Yeah. You go on over there, you rent a system, you rent Spider-Man, and you have yourself a weekend. But in terms of what I look for in the future, I agree with you. I want to see Green Goblin. I can definitely see it being Norman in that sense that you described where it's like, you know what, I'm going to do anything I can to make sure Harry gets what he needs. But I can also see it being Harry some way. Like maybe Norman, Norman does something like he basically turns Harry into the green goblin to heal him. And then Harry resents him for it. So I could see that happening, but give me venom. Like, can you imagine the fights that could happen with Spider-Man and venom? Be really oh my cool. God, like it'd be Taskmaster times a million because it's Venom. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough, well, especially like I, you know, your Spidey sense wouldn't work on him. Dodging would be different. Like, there's so many yeah. things. I think technically with Venom that they're like, okay, we're saving him. He's not in this game, but it's maybe a good thing that he, he isn't. You know? <laughs> yeah, and so that's the thing is that they've already delivered a home run, and there's just so much more they can do. Like that's the beauty of it is they didn't kind of well, I guess they just didn't kind of like shoot off the fireworks too soon, so to speak, because yeah. they could have easily just given us Green Goblin right off the bat. Yeah, but they're like, no, let's do a more personal story with Doctor Octavius, you know, one that we haven't explored before, and they did it well. And you know, the side missions were satisfying; they kept me engaged. And like I said, this was one of my favorite versions of Peter and MJ. She was as independent as I think we've ever seen her. And it got to the point where it was like almost Peter was hindering her advancement. I was just like, yo, Peter, shut up. Let her do what she's doing. Yeah, but she definitely was Lois Lane because like she would get in over her head so many times. It was like, this is going well, going well. And then it was like, I'm going to jump off a building. Better catch me. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that one. I was just like, oh, that's a daring move. Yeah, you're like, that's <laughs> a daring move. Um, but yeah, luckily uh, they're good partners. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Too, totally. Uh, but yeah, you know, you said that you felt like this is how like Arkham Asylum felt. This feels like Arkham City to me that like this is the second game that they made. And oh, I'm like, wow, it, yeah. it already feels like they've already made this is their first step too. And it's like, this yeah. is your first step. 
But eventually, when Spidey, you know, 2 comes around, there's that co-op. They do these special optional missions where you play, you know, alongside Black Panther to fight Kraven, the hunter. Um, I think people are going to lose their minds. I think that's, the, that's what's going to happen. I'm just going to call it right now. You're going to start seeing Avengers pop up in these games, and people are going to lose their freaking minds. And they'll be like, yep, Spidey, you're an Avenger now. Like, Spider-Man 3 is like, yep, I'm an Avenger now. I'll be like, yeah. Because, like, what's Square Enix going to do? Like, they, they're talking about know. making this Avengers game. But, like, I how mean, are you going to make an Avengers game without Spider-Man? Because I, don't I know, think man. they they nailed it. Like, Iron Man's the only other one who's going to get in there and be as fun to control throughout an environment like this, though. So I'm thinking, like, oh, yeah. or maybe Black Panther would be okay. But everyone else, it's like, I love Cap. Like, I love him so much. But he's not going to be, like, running through the city the same way Spidey is. Like, he's not going to be yeah, whipping around. Do? He's just going to sprint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just so it's run like fast. Square, whatever third person cover based game they're trying to make or whatever, I hope it's good because you look at Insomniac who just came out just swinging and it's like, oh gosh, like <laughs> you gotta you gotta meet that bar, baby. I know it's gonna be different. It's hard to compare them, but this is just like well done. Just so well done. I it's hard to find criticism and faults. Exactly. Like I thought they, they, they hit the they hit the home run on their first swing. So yeah. good for them because that was everything I'd hoped it'd be. Yeah. So really, I guess we can kind of just end it on saying you got to go play this game. Yeah. If you can't play it and you know you're not going to be able to play it, do yourself a favor. Find some streams of it. Watch it. Just experience it somehow. It's it's one of the best I've I've played for sure, especially in the past few years. And as a Spider-Man fan, it's definitely one of my favorite takes on Spider-Man. And it's not just because it's you know fresh in my mind. Looking back on all the other kind of Spider-Man mediums I've taken in, this one will always stand out to me. Like, I will always remember this experience. Yeah, and just, you know, if you can't even do that, just, like, watch, like, all the cutscenes put together. If you if you don't own a PlayStation 4 and you want to watch a really good Spider-Man movie, like, this is a pretty freaking good Spider-Man movie. Like, that you can it just really watch is. just by itself. Just be <laughs> like, even if you don't see the gameplay, you can be like, man, that's pretty cool. And, like, there's even a little fight with the Sinister Six where he gets kicked around that you probably saw at E3. And it's like, that's still part of the cinematics, so you'd enjoy that, too. This always ways to take it in so we recommend that you get the jimmy good and steve approval of it's just the seal of approval here like you have to go check it out but with everything that we've talked about let's end it with let us know again jimmy where can we all find you on the old interwebs yeah uh if you want to find me on twitter i run two accounts i'm at jimmy good 013 that's my personal account or you can tweet at critical reviews which is at go critical that's capital g and a capital c if you want to support us, consider just checking out our YouTube channel. If you like a few videos, maybe, you know, subscribe to the channel. If you like all of our videos, consider donating to us on patreon.com slash critical reviews. But if you want to support us in just a free way, just share us around if you enjoy us. But, you know, donating your time to coming to streams over on Twitch or just watching the videos, that means a heck of a lot to me. It validates what we're doing. And I just really appreciate that. So if you want to do that, then, yeah, if you like Ombra, you might you might like us, too. I can attest go check out his stuff it's enjoyable thank you it's good stuff stuff. your stuff's good too (laughs) go check ombra support ombra guys if you listen to this that's what i want you to do seriously they're great i love these guys support us all and we'll support you back we're all a supportive bunch that's the beauty of it yeah so if you've played through spider-man and you have any thoughts or if you agree with what we said or if you disagree with what we said or if we miss anything because god i'll tell you we talked about a lot of stuff but that's a long game we missed some things for sure so if you have anything that you want to reach out to us about please feel free to call us at 347-509-5620 leave us a voicemail we may even play it on an episode of the podcast. And if you've liked what you've heard here today, go follow us on Twitter at Ombra underscore gaming, Instagram at Ombra gaming, and you can join us in discord as well. The link is on the Twitter bio. 
And if all of this has been satisfactory to you and you feel generous, feel free to toss us a buck or two at patreon.com slash gaming. Every dollar you throw our way will go right back into the show to make it the best it can be. And we love all of our patrons. We thank them so much for all the support they give us on a daily basis. And we'd love if you would join in on that Patreon support. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for taking the time today. This has been so much fun. I'm glad we got to talk again. And I hope that we don't go as long as we did this past few, this past little way here. I hope the next time we talk is a lot sooner because this was a great time. Oh, totally. It was my pleasure because I talked about this on my show the other week and my buddies hadn't played it. So it's nice to talk to somebody who's just like really gotten into it. And it's lovely to just get this off my chest because I feel like it's just sitting there and I just want to talk to everybody. Just grab a random person on the street. Be like, play Spider-Man, please. But thank you so much. I have to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for reaching out and having me. I always love being on the show. Of course. Love it so much. Yeah, we're always happy to have you. Great friend of the show. And like I said, go check out all of uh, Jimmy Good's stuff on Go Critical. It's fantastic. And of course, if you're feeling generous, go check out our stuff as well. But that has been the Spider-Man spoiler cast. We've had a great time talking about our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Web-slinging, combat, riveting story. Rest in peace, Aunt May. We miss you. We love you. So that about wraps things up here. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, you know what? We appreciate you. And we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you.